Hey everyone, Preston Keller here. Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. Today we're talking about Bible clubs. How can we get a Bible club started on our junior high campus, our high school campus? How can we train and lead our students to start these clubs? And how do I talk to the school to get started? All of these answers can be found on this episode. And we've got an epic guest to talk through this process with us. His name is Seth Boyd, my good, good friend. He's a youth pastor in Appleton, Wisconsin, and he leads a national ministry called P7 Clubs. It falls under the umbrella of the UPCI Youth Ministries, and it's all about Bible clubs. And he even helps us uh, look at this fall, fall of 2020, because as you know, we really don't know what school is going to look like. Is it online? Is it on-site? But here's what we came out with with this episode. Whether school is on-site or online, P7 clubs are on. So get ready, buckle up, get your notebook out. Seth takes us through everything you need to know to start a Bible club and to empower your students to reach their campuses. Let's talk Bible clubs. We're so excited to have Seth Boyd on the Rush Student Ministry podcast today. He's an awesome youth pastor and one of the highest capacity ministry multitaskers that I know. And uh, Seth serves with such high excellence in everything he does, along with his partner in crime, his wife, Evelyn. And he's one of those rare cases that uh, he is a peer that many can look up to. And uh, he and I can talk about anything, all caps anything, but especially in the realms of youth ministry and coffee. But today we're going to dive into the topic of Bible clubs on middle school and high school campuses. Uh, Seth, it's such an honor to have you uh, on the podcast, man. Before we get started, um, help our listeners uh, get to know you a little bit. Where are you located? How's the fam doing? What ministries are you currently a part of? Awesome, man. Well, thank you for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Coffee and youth ministry, man, they go together. What can I say? Absolutely. <laughs> I always get excited talking about both, um, <laughs> but more so uh, ministry. Um, so I'm, I'm based out of Appleton, Wisconsin. I'm a youth pastor here at Apostolic Truth Church, uh, Pastor Aaron Soto. Um, I've been here um, at this church for about 10 years. I've been the youth pastor for seven years. And um, I'm just excited about, about student ministry. I, um, I've seen so many students that get passionate about God and do things that, that I didn't do when I was their age. And I just, I get excited about students that, that live out their faith. And that's one of the main reasons that I get so excited about project seven. Um, before I was ever involved with project seven on a, on a national level, I was, I was a youth pastor that was excited about P seven cause I saw my kids doing it and they were, they were loving it. So the fact that I get to be involved on a greater scale now um, doesn't change my passion for it. it well, I guess it enhances it really. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm, I'm so excited to see students actually living out their faith and doing what God has called them to do. Um, yes, I'm married. Um, I have one uh, a child on the way. Uh, we're due in right. a baby girl. We're excited about that. Um, and so that's going to, my world's going to change a little bit come October. <laughs> Absolutely. So yes. cool. So cool. So you are our national uh, director of 
P7 Bible Clubs for let's let's assume that we've got uh, some listeners that maybe have not heard of this awesome ministry that they need to hear about. So let's uh, let's talk to them, and we'll also with our youth pastors that you and I are connected with that do know about P7. We'll uh, uh, I trust that our conversation is going to impact and and help them as well. Uh, but let's just go to the basics. What is uh, a Project 7 Club? Absolutely. It's a great question. A Project 7 Bible Club is, is essentially, it's a free, Project 7 is a free resource for middle school and high school students to use uh, to start a Bible Club on their campus. Um, one of the things that we try to do uh, on Project 7 on a national level is help to educate students to understand that they, as, as, a, as a Christian student, they have a right to express their religious beliefs on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you attend a, uh, a publicly funded school, so you attend a public school, you have the right, because of what's called the Equal Access Act, you have the, the same access to start a, uh, a club, whether that's a chess club or a math club or, or a Spanish club, whatever that is. If there are student-run clubs, student-run organizations on your school campus in uh, a public school, you have the same right to start a Bible club. And mm-hmm. so we encourage students to start these Bible clubs. And the, over the years, there's been hundreds of Bible clubs all over North America that have started because one student decided, I want to uh, unlock my faith in my middle school, in my high school. Mm-hmm. Now, so these clubs, they meet, a lot of times they meet on a weekly basis. And um, every club, you know, looks a little bit different, but most clubs have some sort of um, you know, fun element where they'll play a game or something, some sort of icebreaker. And then there's uh, a lesson. So it's kind of similar to a mini youth, uh, you know, youth group uh, night um, or day, but it's a student gets together uh, with, with their friends. They teach about the Bible. They discuss the Bible. They talk about it. Um, and it's not the, you know, the end of someone's faith journey. It's not the end of discipleship, but it is a great way to get people in the door and, and start conversations, start spiritual conversations with their friends mm-hmm. so that they can start, uh, you know, the, the disciple making journey. That's really what uh, a project seven club is. Um, so we encourage students, you have the right to start a Bible club and we have, we, there's tons of resources and we can talk about this later tons of resources right on our website to help you to start those, those P7 clubs. And we're happy to help all along the way. Mm, so awesome. And uh, let's, let's keep tackling the basics. Why is it called project seven? What does that mean? Yeah. So project seven. So, so we have this mindset that the greatest project that you could ever work on in school. Now, if you're, if you're in high school, especially, you know, this. there's, there's tons of projects you're working on a project. Sometimes it's group work. Sometimes it's by yourself. And so you have a lot of projects throughout middle school and high school, but the greatest project that you could ever work on within the seven years of school between middle school and high school, the greatest project is a project that leads to completion in Christ. Mm. So between sixth and 12th grade, there's seven years. And during these seven years, you have the opportunity to undertake one of the greatest projects that you could ever complete. And that's making disciples within your school. That's evangelizing your school with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, so that's kind of the, the mindset behind uh, the name Project 7. Um, and of course, we, we, you know, turn that into just P7 clubs. And that's become, uh, you know, a pretty popular name is just P7. Yeah, uh, so cool, man. So good. Um, and maybe uh, there has 
uh, a listener, a youth pastor that's been wanting to get onto a high school campus, the local middle school campus, or there's a student maybe that has been passionate um, and showed interest in reaching their friends, um, what's the starting point? How do we start a P7 club at our local school? Absolutely. Very, very um, easy process. It's not, it's not um, difficult at all. It's just getting connected with the right people. And I'll answer this um, as if school is quote unquote normal these days. Sure. Um, this fall is going to look, you know, a little different for some people, but um, in, an, in a normal world, first of all, you want to pray and partner. Um, you want to pray and make sure that you're doing this with the heart of God. Um, obviously, I, I do believe for every student, it is God's will for you to reach the lost. I do believe that it is God's will for you to make disciples. That's that's mm-hmm. the call to all of us. And so uh, you want to start with prayer. You want to partner with your spiritual leader, your, your youth pastor, your youth leader, your pastor, if you don't have a youth leader, um, and ask for their help and their support. Um, while, while it's not um, particularly allowed for the youth pastor to come in and teach the P7 class, there might be there might be a connection that you may have, but in, in general, um, it's supposed to be a student-run organization. Um, but your youth pastor and your your pastor can be a valuable asset uh, in giving you guidance, instruction, training, and encouragement all along the way. So make sure to partner with them. Uh, and then secondly, you want to plan and you want to present. Uh, it can be very intimidating at first to to start out something that you've never done, but we assure you that. Uh, will help provide all the, the, the resources that you need uh, to get the club approved and get it get it started. Planning is, honestly, planning is 90% of the work. Uh, presenting this plan to the school administration is 10% of the work. So we really encourage you to, to dig in and prepare ahead of time. And we'll provide everything that you could possibly need, whether that's uh, a student interest list or a letter to the school or a proposal um, helping you get prepared for that meeting with the principal. We've got everything ready, um, f- ready for you to have that conversation. And so planning and presenting it is the next step. Um, and then, and then thirdly, preparing and practicing when you, when you get ready for your P7 club, I, I'm just going to tell you this, get ready to have revival because we've seen, we've seen students that have started a P7 club and it just blew up mm. on, the, on the flip side of that. We've seen P7 clubs that start, and they have one student, they have two students, and it can be a little bit frustrating, but we try to tell everyone, it is not a numbers game. This is not a popularity contest. This is making disciples. This is making disciples. And sometimes that's in, in one or two, and sometimes you have five or six or 10 or 12. Um, but either way, it's gonna take preparation and practice. So get ready to start your P7 club, get the word out, invite your friends. Um, we've got resources to help you um, uh, whether that's invite cards or posters, we're, we're uh, helping you to make that happen in your school. And then lastly, it's time to produce. Now that you've unlocked your faith in your school, it's time to produce a harvest. And when you start loving on people and investing in people, people are going to be drawn to you. And when you ask God, God, let me see people the way you see them. Let me, uh, you know, open doors, open doors for me. Let me have uh, favor in my school with the administration and students around me. When you pray prayers like that, you're going to produce. When you have a heart for ministry, you have a heart for making disciples, God's going to open the right doors in the right, in the right timing. So get ready to produce. So that's kind of how to start a P7 club. That's so awesome, man. Now this, uh, this episode is, our listeners are going to be listening to this at the end of July. And so you talked about uh, partnering as a student, you partner with your youth pastor. Um, 
what's what's the optimal time if they're going to hear this episode at the end of July? Do they need to get on this right away for this fall semester and have these talks in August? Is that the uh, a good time? Yes, meeting, uh, talking with your, your youth leaders uh, as soon as you can would be awesome. Here's why. Because sometimes as a youth pastor, I'm not aware of students that maybe God is working behind the scenes. And I have a conversation with them in passing uh, on a youth night. But when students come to me and say, I want to start a P7 club, that starts something in my mind that, okay, I need to make sure to reach out to them, make sure that I'm, I'm in you know, communication with them so that I can help them and pray for them and I can pray specifically for them. So start having those conversations with your youth leaders as soon as possible. Now with the school, um, you just need to identify who is the, who is the gatekeeper for, for student-run organizations. It could be uh, one of the, the student counselors. It could be the principal himself or herself. Uh, it could be someone completely uh, you know, different. So you need to find out who is the person that, that ultimately says yes to uh, student-run organizations. And they, I, I promise, they're checking their email throughout the summer. So find mm. out, someone is going to be working at the school. So find out who that is. Uh, send them an email right away uh, as soon as you can to just let them know that you're interested in starting a, uh, a you know, student-run organization. So when you, when you start school, you can be on it right away in that first, that first year, our first, uh, you know, month or so. Mm. I've even seen clubs that, um, you know, they've been running up and running for uh, a number of years, a couple of years. And uh, sometimes they have um, a club presentation that fr- high school freshmen come to uh, before school even starts. And the P7 club is already there uh, mm-hmm. having, having those freshmen sign up for their club. Uh, so if you can, you know, be at that event, that is a huge event that you could be at uh, if your school does that. So as early as you possibly can, get that conversation rolling. That's awesome. And and so that's uh, an opportunity on the school calendar to be a part of something that they, they put on at the beginning. Uh, and, and that just sparked something in my mind. What about um, should P7 try to uh, be at school events throughout the calendar just to try to to get in front of students and faculty or is that allowed or can you yeah, put a banner up on the football field or, or what's, what's that kind of look like? It's a great question. Um, it goes back to the equal access act, whatever um, the school allows for any club, you have the same right. So um, if there are student run organizations, student, student clubs that haven't um, you know, a time to be on the announcements, you have that same right. If, if the chess mm-hmm. club, student run has an opportunity to uh, put up a poster, you have that same right. So whatever is allowed for all clubs has to be allowed for all clubs. They cannot exclude you because you're uh, a religious organization. They can't do that um, if you're in a publicly funded school. So um, yes, we encourage you to be involved. One of the, one of the, uh, the missions of project seven is to serve others. And so we encourage clubs to get involved. Let me tell you a quick story. There was a, um, a club that, um, as a project seven club, they helped the, after sporting events, they would clean, uh, the gymnasium. They would take, they would scrape gum off the, the, uh, the seats. They would help to clean up the, you know, the after event. And this club got so much favor with the school, um, that they told the club, whatever, whatever you need, whatever classroom you need, whatever resources you need, we're, we're happy to help you because you guys have such a heart for serving our school. Mm-hmm. And, when you have that heart to serve, 
doors will open, will open like crazy. So if you can help serve food at an event or help raise funds for something that's happening in your school, uh, it's sometimes it, we like to think it's all about us and it's not. Uh, we're here to serve our school. And mm -hmm. so sometimes all that is, 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 is work. So we encourage you to get involved in the school and serve any way that you can. Man, that's so awesome. So that's the story for those uh, that, that the brand new startup goes smoothly for. What I, I know you have probably plenty of, of testimonies on this. What can you do? What should you do if you go in there in August, the school office, and they say no? Yeah, it's a, a great question. And we actually see this quite a bit um, in, in a lot of, of states. Uh, really, most schools we found, they don't say no because they're trying to um, just be mean or they're trying to be hateful. They're saying no a lot of times because they don't understand that you have a right as a, as a Christian student. They don't understand your rights. And so sometimes the school says, well, I don't think you can do that because of uh, you know, separation of church and state. That's a separation of church and state is an entirely different conversation. Mm. Separation of church and state has nothing to do with student run clubs on campus. And so the school oftentimes does not understand the Equal Access Act. And so we have helped students to have that conversation with their principal. Um, I just had a, a student this last school year that didn't understand the students' rights. And so the student very calmly collected himself and went and asked to have a meeting with the principal and explained the Equal Access Act. He explained that, you know, because we are a public school, I do have the same right as a Christian um, that all of these other student-run clubs have. Mm. And so the the principal sent him an email. It was very, very kind and said, you know, Max, I'm, I'm sorry for the confusion. I do understand that um, now that I've, you know, received this information, I get it and we're sorry about the confusion. Um, let us know what classroom you'd like to use. Wow. And so a lot of times it's not like uh, I'm going to be, you know, hateful and just I'm going to destroy your reputation. It's just they don't understand your rights. Mm -hmm. And so so 95% of the time, once the school understands that and, and receives that information, it's, it's a non-conversation. Um, there have been times, usually a couple times every school year, we experience a school that says we understand that but we're going to say no because we're not allowing any religious clubs here if they are a public school that is illegal and that is what's called religious discrimination wow. and that's where we're happy to get involved uh to to help that conversation happen with this happen with the school to get the parents involved uh we don't encourage the church to come in and try to to fix it um because that may put some tension tension between you and the in the school so that's where the national organization he was happy to step in and have a conversation with a school. Wow. Um, and there's never been a time where, where um, the school has said, you know what, we're going to, we're just going to keep pushing through and you're not going to allow, be allowed to have a club. We've always pushed through and, and help the students to get the club set. So if it gets to that point, we don't see it a ton, uh, but if it gets to that point, our national team is happy to work with you and work with the school to get the club started. That's so great. And we were going to, uh, say this at the end, but right here, uh, go ahead and shout out your website. Yes, absolutely. P7clubs.com. Um, P7clubs.com has a ton of resources on how to get started, our mission, our values, our team, um, and all of the resources. There's tons of resources right on our website. Again, that's P7clubs.com.
com. Awesome. Awesome. Listeners, be sure to go there uh, right when this is over. Um, okay, let's, I, I know there are uh, many cases where P7 might be um, the one and only Christian or Bible club on campus at a public school, but there have been cases uh, where there's your youth group feels um, compelled, feels called to start a club at their school, but there's already a Christian club or ministry there. Um, what are some tips on how to deal with that situation? Yeah, great question. It comes up every single year. Um, there's, there's a lot of great Christian organizations, great Christian clubs um, that are out there. There's, um, there's First Priority. There's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. There's a lot of clubs that are doing a lot of good things. The first thing that I want to tell anyone that's an apostolic student listening to this, if there's another Christian club in your school, let me tell you this, that is not your enemy. This is not your adversary. Um, you know, Jesus said, if anyone gives someone a, a cup of water in my name, I, this is this not your enemy. Um, a lot of times people think, well, there's already an FCA, so I can't really do anything. No. That's, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. So first of all, we want to try to befriend people that are, that are trying to make a difference in the school for Jesus. Again, it's not your enemy. Um, yes, they may have different doctrinal beliefs. Um, and yes, that's worth a conversation. And yes, um, I think we're, we're still trying to reach those people, but these are not your enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the, the establishment clause states that a government entity, so your school in this case, cannot promote or demote um, any particular religion um, above you know, another. That's kind of paraphrasing that. But the free exercise clause states that you're allowed to exercise your religion as you see fit, as long as it doesn't harm anyone else. Again, it's paraphrasing, paraphrasing here. So to allow one Christian club and deny uh, an apostolic club violates both of those laws. Now, some schools may not understand that. And that's, that's why we have to give tons of grace and we need to exercise tons of wisdom in how we approach that. Okay. So uh, again, we want to partner with other Christian clubs. We don't want to be uh, an enemy to those clubs. That being said, I believe very strongly that one Christian club, this is how I would, you know, if I was a student that's trying to start a P7 club, this is how I would approach it. Mm. One Christian club in our school is not enough. That's like saying, hey, we've got one church in our city. That's enough. It's right. kind of a joke, you know, especially if you're you know, in a school of five, 600 kids or, you know, even 2000, I went to a school of 2000 kids. Um, yeah. One club's not enough. And so here's what I would try to tell you. Differentiate your club. Make it make it different. If if FCA meets on Tuesday mornings, don't have P7 on Tuesday mornings because that's going to be confusing to the school and it may seem like you're trying to compete with them. We're not trying to compete. Hmm. Um, but a lot of times you're trying to reach a different demographic perhaps than FCA. FCA has a mission for reaching Christian athletes and that's wonderful. Project 7, that's not our lane. We're trying to reach everyone, not just, not just athletes. Um, and so we're trying to encourage students to understand, differentiate your club. And uh, on top of that, if, if um, you know, one club has a mission of just like having a Bible study, try to do more community service outreach, do different things than the other club. Mm-hmm. And so if they meet on Tuesday mornings, meet on Thursday afternoons or Friday mornings or a different time 
because there could be people that they can, they can go to a morning club, but they can't go to an afternoon club. And so you're reaching people that can't be at that other club. So try to, uh, try to, first of all, let, let the school know you're not trying to compete with this other club. You just have a different mindset, a different mission. And you're trying to reach people that couldn't be at that other club too. So again, not your enemy. Um, but we have, we have, uh, seen many cases where, uh, different clubs can exist, coexist in the school. Everyone, you know, different clubs have a different focus, uh, but make your club stand out. Tell them, tell them why you want to have a different, uh, different club. And at the end of the day, if it comes down to it, feel free to talk about doctrinal differences. Um, it's not, it's not going to be a huge selling point in the very beginning part of that conversation. But if it boils down to the school saying no, um, that might be one of the key factors in helping them to understand that this is a different organization. Here's why. Sure. Man, that's such great information. Um, going into, uh, into this next lane, uh, first of all, how old is P7 now as a ministry? So Project 7 has been around for um, six years, I believe. Seven years. Seven years. Very cool. Yeah, started started uh, in Youth Congress 2013. Okay, awesome. And um, Okay, so let me ask uh, a question. Mostly, typically on our podcast here, there will be a vulnerable question from Preston, but I'm willing to do this because I feel it will resonate with another leader and help someone. So going on six years, um, in our experience, there have been, um, you know, a sophomore or a junior, kind of an upperclassman that feels at Youth Congress or something or at camp, um, a burden to start a P7. Well, um, we've experienced in, in uh, certain clubs where we had four leaders uh, from our youth group, four students that can join together and lead that club, and then they graduate. And then as the youth pastor, I would love to keep that club going, but I might not even have a student for a, a few years that would get back into that high school campus. Um, any insight or tips on uh, how to keep a club active or, or what to do if that's just impossible, how to keep your mindset on evangelism, but you might not be able to be on that campus with a club for a couple years. Uh, what would you say to that? That's great. I will say, first of all, this is why, this is why from a student standpoint, making disciples is crucial. We've seen, um, you know, we had one school where um, a lot of the apostolic kids were juniors and seniors and they were graduating. And so we really encouraged them to reach some of the younger kids. And so some of the younger kids started coming to church and they started to become, you know, um, active members of our church. They were in a Bible study. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to, with this club specifically, we were able to, to uh, disciple some of the younger kids. And so as the, um, the kids that started the club graduated, the new disciples were leading the P7 club when they became uh, juniors and seniors. So that was a really, really cool opportunity. It was like the perfect scenario. And I will say that was the only club <laughs> that had the perfect scenario. Um, but there's been other schools where um, there was one, uh, you know, there was one apostolic student and they were leading that club and then they graduated. Um, I will, I will say this, it's okay to let that go for a season. You don't want to try to 
to force it, especially if, uh, if it's someone that's leading potentially a P7 club that you don't know. You don't know what they stand for. You don't know what they believe in. Um, and so it's someone it, you could totally lose, you know, for lack of a better word, control of what's happening. And that could be a real uh, kind of a scary situation um, because you could potentially have someone that's teaching something that's, that's wrong. Um, so so it's, it's crucial to disciple. Uh, it's crucial to disciple new people. Um, however, we've got, we've got some, um, I know there's a lot of cities where there's just one major high school, one, you know, one or two major middle schools. And so they've got multiple kids throughout, you know, throughout sixth to 12th grade in those schools. Mm-hmm. Um, training and transitioning leaders is, is key because there, there could be like a really solid leader that started the club, you know, as a junior or a senior, and it's a thriving club. And there could be apostolic students that are, that are getting, you know, to that junior senior range, but they've never been taught how to lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've never been given, given an opportunity. So I really encourage youth leaders to help that transition because if there's a solid leader, um, they shouldn't be the only one teaching throughout the months of, you know, March, April, May, because if the, if the younger students have never been given an opportunity to lead or teach or have any sort of leadership within the club, uh, that fall semester is going to be real challenging. Sure. Um, so disciple new students, uh, transition and train younger leaders. And if, if all the apostolic students are leaving that school and you don't have anyone in that school, um, it's okay to let that go for a season until you can uh, develop a rapport with that school and um, maybe get you know, other students in that school in the future. Man, that's so good. Absolutely. Um, real quick, as we start to wrap up, uh, it, this just sparked, um, talking about training, uh, you've got some upperclassmen about to graduate uh, within your core students of the youth ministry, and you've got some uh, eighth, ninth graders coming up uh, also in your youth group. What, uh, since the youth pastor cannot be super active on campus, um, what are some tips or residual ideas monthly or weekly or biweekly for training your students and then sending them to lead the club? Yeah, it's really good. We we recommend a a couple of things. Um, Get all your students together, get all your leaders together, um, the people that are leading P7 clubs. Um, and do just a basic uh, leadership training with them. Talk about what it means to be a leader in their school um, because they can lead a P7 club. Uh, you know, they can teach, but if they're not a leader outside of that P7 club, it's, they're not going to have any influence. Mm. And so, so investing in those, in those students as leaders um, will, will take their P7 clubs to the next level because we've seen students that, Maybe they're not really good teachers, you know, to be honest, maybe they're not like a you know, good communicator, but they're solid in the school and they've got the respect of their teachers and they've got the respect of their peers. They love people. They're well-liked. Um, that's what's going to take the P7 club to the next level. So as youth pastors, if we can develop leaders, if we can work to train these students to be, to be leaders among their peers, P7 clubs are going to take, take off to the next level because they're, they're almost like, I see them almost as like many youth pastors within the school. You know, they're, they're developing rapport with their teachers. They're developing friendships and, and relationships with, the, with, their, with their peers, you know, praying for them, finding out what the needs are, kind of mm-hmm. like we do in the youth group. Um, so yeah. we're, we're 
getting them together on a weekly basis, or even if it's just one or two trainings before school uh, happens. But on top of that, uh, we're following up with our kids. We've got a unique opportunity in Appleton. There's like, there's tons of schools in the area. And so in our youth group, we, we average around nine or 10 youth, uh, nine or 10 P7 clubs within the youth group. Hmm. And so I try to invest in those leaders, but I'm also following up on a weekly basis saying, Hey, how did P7 go? What did you teach? How did it go? How did, you know, were, were students engaged? What could you have done better? What, anything that I can do to help? So not, o- not only am I telling our students, here's what you should do. I'm letting them know I care by every single week, asking them how it went, what they're doing, you know, anything that I can do to help. Every once in a while, I'll drop off donuts or pizza. Not a ton. I don't get in the schools a ton. I just let them, I, you know, I let them lead. Um, but I'm following up with them. I'm asking them, you know, how many kids were there, you know, celebrating wins with them. Uh, because if I just like, just let them go and I don't follow up with them, they'll, they'll see that it's not really that important to me, mm. but if I'm constantly following up with them, encouraging them, that's going to help them to be more excited about it. Because when I get super excited about it, they get excited about it. And then that's also going to, to develop positive peer pressure with the other kids that are not involved in P7. Mm. This, this is, a, this is what we value here. We deva- we, we value, uh, disciple making. And so if you want to, you know, kind of get that positive peer pressure and that accolades in front of people, cause I hype, I hype up our P7 kids, man. Mm. You know, I love on all of our kids, but if someone starts a P7 club, I'm going to bring them up in front of the youth group and everyone's going to cheer for them. It's going to be a big deal. That's, uh, so that's, we just try to continue that positive affirmation and just training on a weekly, a monthly basis. And it's so good. So don't help them get the club started in August and leave them, leave them on an island for the school year. Right, right. That's so good. So good. Well, as we wrap up, um, any, any insight that you guys on the national team have seen? This is a hilarious question because during this pandemic, we're going day to day. So <laughs> let me just ask this. I mean, uh, so – um, any insight or things that you guys have heard that, that we actually have a, an idea of what P7 clubs could look like this school year, this fall? Yeah, we, we saw some, a little bit of insight into this, uh, this previous spring semester. Uh, a lot of schools shut down um, right in the middle of the school year. And so um, we did see a number of clubs that just didn't resume because everything went, uh, everything shut down. Mm. But we also saw a number of clubs that said, you know what, we're not meeting in school, but we're still going to meet as a P7 club and we're going we're gonna to go on Zoom or I'm going to you know, go live on Instagram or House Party or you know, whatever the app is that they wanted to use. Awesome. Zoom, Zoom being a very popular one. And so we do anticipate this fall semester to be um, slightly challenging for some schools, depending on what state you're in. Um, some schools are saying already that we're going to be you know, all virtual online. Uh, I'll tell you this, if your school is all virtual, all online, it actually takes down a lot of barriers because you don't have to have any communication with the school then because it's just, you're meeting as friends, you're meeting on zoom. You don't need a school's permission to start a P7 club online because you're just meeting on zoom. Uh, and so it really eliminates a lot of barriers that people genuinely face, uh, when starting a, a student run club. So, uh, could it be a little more challenging to run a club online? Perhaps. But I also saw a number of clubs that said, you know, it is actually really easy. You just hop online and do it, you know, whenever you want to. Uh, my recommendation would be have that club at a consistent time, whether that's Tuesday afternoons or, 
you know, Thursday at noon, whatever it is, have it at a consistent time, just like a regular club meeting. Um, but get online, play some online games together. You know, there's tons of resources. You just Google like Zoom games online and you'll see a lot of, you know, fun games. Some of them won't work. <laughs> um, but if your school's online, we encourage you, like your, your, your school still needs Jesus. Yep. Just because we're meeting online doesn't mean we don't have a call to make disciples. We're just going to have to think outside the box so that we can still make disciples. We're just doing it a little bit differently. Um, so we are encouraging clubs to continue to meet online. That's epic, man. That's so good. So if you don't have to go to the school to um, get the club approved, then you need to go to your youth pastor and get the club approved, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, because here's why as a youth pastor, I want to know how I can pray for you. I want to know how I can encourage you. And if I don't know what's going on in your world, I I don't know how to pray specifically for you. So go to a youth pastor. And if you're starting that online P7 club, make sure you register your clubs at p7clubs.com. We want to take a a short break right here to say thank you to Sheaves for Christ for, for believing and supporting (laughs) this ministry. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) <laughs> so give to shoes for Christ. Uh, no, but but register your club at p7clubs.com because that if you've never been to the website, go to the website you, and you can have your dot on the map, and that's like a like a really big thing to see your dot on the map um, because that helps us celebrate how many clubs are in in your district, so that your your uh, district leadership can um, you know say here's how many clubs we have in our state, and it's a really exciting thing. So. Um, yeah, that's what we encourage. So good, man. So this fall, 2020, whether if we're online or we're on site, P7 clubs are on. Yes. P7 is on. All right. I like it. <laughs> I like it, man. Well, you've, you've honored me, bro, for, uh, by coming on the podcast. And as we wrap up, uh, any last words, um, let us know not only the website again, uh, go ahead and do another plug, but where's P7? Uh, where can we connect? Instagram, Facebook? Absolutely. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, if you're still on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook. Um, and if you've got a testimony, you've got something that you want to uh, share with us, feel free to send us a message anytime. We're, we're staying on top of those DMs. Uh, if you've got questions, feel free to DM us. Uh, the DMs are open. Um, if you want to just celebrate a win, you know, it's something that you can do really cool. If you uh, look up the hashtag P seven works, hashtag P seven works, you'll see tons of testimonies, uh, in the past of what God has done in a youth group or P seven club, people sharing their testimonies. So if you ever are wondering like, should I start a P seven club? You know, what, what's the benefits? All you got to do is hop on Instagram and look up hashtag P seven works and you'll see tons of people that have been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, God doing incredible things, miracles, signs, wonders, because someone decided to unlock their faith in their school. So feel free to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and make sure to stay connected with us online at p7clubs.com. Epic. p7clubs.com. We're going to see revival this fall, whether it's on-site or online. Yes. I love it, man. Hey, uh, close us out in prayer for our youth pastors and our students uh, for this fall. Awesome.
God, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be a part of your kingdom. We just ask, God, that you would open doors that only you can open. I pray that you would help us to do what we can do, and that is to unlock our faith in our schools. That is to unleash truth. That is to elevate Christ, and that is to serve others. Help us to do these things, God, and and give us favor within the schools, open doors that only you can open. And I pray, God, that you would help us to have the wisdom, help us to have the boldness, help us to have the courage and the faith, God, to step into our schools boldly, to understand that your spirit has given us everything that we need to crush the enemy, to make disciples, and to do uh, amazing things in our schools. I pray, God, that you would help students to see how valuable they are to your kingdom, help them to see um, how needed they are to the local church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hope this episode impacted you and gave you some ideas for your youth ministry and how you can talk to your students about uh, tackling this important topic in evangelism opportunity, how to reach our campuses through Bible clubs. Thank you again to Seth for joining us. And be sure to visit p7clubs.com. Check them out on social media. Uh, Be sure to check out Rush Students on social media, and we'll stay connected that way. Leader, youth pastor, thank you so much for hanging with us for this episode of the Rush Student Ministry Podcast.